Unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. Jesus is, Jesus gives unspeakable joy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unspeakable Joy Podcast. My name is Joy Sixtoes, and I'm the host of the show. Thank you for listening in today as we're actually starting season seven of the show. My guest here just gave me a wide-eyed look of excitement. I am excited too. God has been doing some great things through season one through six. I'm excited about where season seven is going. We've got some great people lined up to be interviewed and then of course myself to speak into your life. And I just want to thank you for joining. I encourage you not only to listen to this podcast today, but to share it with others through social media, any other avenues that you deem fit, and just get the word out. Because I know this is going to be a blessing, not only to you as a listener, but to somebody that maybe in your life that we're going to talk about today. Also, for more information on Unspeakable Joy podcast, you can visit my website, unspeakable-joy.com. That's got some ministry information out there, some video clips of preachings and different things I've done that you can tune into and more. Or you can check out the podcast website, which explicitly just talks about and lists podcast episodes we've had. You can go back, you can listen to those archived shows. You can go to anchor.fm slash unspeakable dash joy to tune into those. Thank you again for tuning in. Let's jump right in. As you know, the school year has just started off. We've got the 2022-23 calendar year going for students and staff alike. I myself work at a community college, and we're actually going to be starting Monday, August the 22nd. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Ready or not, I'm ready to go. It's going to be a great semester. and We're thankful for the marketplace ministry that God has placed educators in. And we're actually going to be talking about that today. How can I support you? And the person that we're going to be talking about is none other than my brother, teacher, Jonathan Sixtoes. John, welcome to the show yet again. Hello. I'm happy to be back. We're happy to have you, Jonathan. It's always a blessing to have you as a returning guest. For those of you that have followed the podcast for a while, you know that my brother is a blessing to us all as he has imparted wisdom in various formats to us about ministry uh, even last year, we kind of covered this topic, Jonathan, but we spoke more so to how parents could help their children to return to school with COVID and other obstacles that were at hand. But anyway, we're glad to have you here again. We try to have him at least once a season. And so we're kicking off season seven with my brother, Jonathan. Let me give you a little bit of information about Jonathan before we get started with the interview. My brother is actually my younger sibling. We're about four years apart. It's been a blessing to be able to say that I am my brother's keeper all these years growing up and to see him branch out in his own life and adulthood and in his profession of being a teacher in ministry, even as a youth minister and now a licensed and ordained associate minister and so many things that God has called him to and elevated him to as he has humbly placed himself before the Lord to submit to God and just say, here's my life, take it, use it, and use it for God's glory. Jonathan has a bachelor's degree in English with a minor in psychology and his teaching certification from Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas. He actually graduated December of 2012 
And I tell you what, God worked even that situation out. Because before he even was a graduate, he had a job lined up in his local school district in another town from San Marcos. And that in itself is a testimony because they were going to keep interviewing other people. He wasn't even credentialed yet, so he didn't have the full qualifications. But God parted the Red Sea and he got a phone call and he was chosen to be the new teacher for that position And uh, I mean, we're going to have to do another session on that, John, one day. But anyway, he started working at his current school district in January 2013. And God has just expanded his field and just worked through his life to be a blessing to others. And people have noticed he was a state semifinalist teacher of the year in 2016, which was only a couple years after he had started teaching. He was also in 2020 voted most spirited teacher in his high school in 2021 most valuable teacher and in 2022 most inviting classroom and I can attest to that. I've had the chance to visit my brother's classroom and I have loved seeing the lights the cameras the action if you will with how he has his room set up and he makes it an inviting space for young people to come and thrive as they learn. He also serves as youth pastor for about six years at Good News Church in Victoria, Texas, under pastors Ruben and Rosie Trevino. And he's an associate minister there who imparts not only to the youth of the young people, but to adults alike. So we're just going to dive right in. Jonathan, welcome again to the show. So as we begin the interview today, how has the year started off? Maybe what challenges have you faced how are things going smoothly, I presume, by now, as you've already actually been in school a couple of weeks now? We just finished our first full week. So Victoria ISD actually started August 9th, which is a little earlier than usual. But I will say that we have started this year off with so much promise. You know, I actually, fun fact for the audience, was going to be a science teacher as I was growing up. And then I took chemistry And it just wasn't my jam. That was the first year that I was doing very well in UIL ready writing. And English was uh, something that I really enjoyed. So I switched gears there and I became an English teacher. But I've always maintained my love for science. And there's this thing that physics teachers will tell you about or basic science teachers, IPC, things like that. Kinetic energy and potential energy. So potential energy would be like when you squeeze a spring and that energy is like stored in there. And then kinetic energy is energy in motion. It's happening. It's in the process. And I'll say that a lot of people over the past two years have been hopeful for when things go, and I quote, back to normal. And we're maybe not there just yet. We understand that there still are some health issues that the nation is working through, the world is still recovering from. But this year we have started to gain momentum, that kinetic energy, that potential that we've been looking forward to. When are we going to get back in a rhythm, back in a groove, back to a routine? And this is that year. So I'm excited to see the students in person this year. I'm excited to help out some fellow teachers with some initiatives that we're doing around the school. I'm helping out with student council. I'm helping out with the district media project to showcase some of the wonderful things that are happening on our schools. And so for that, I am thankful that we're starting off on a good note. That's wonderful. 
Thankfully, like we've mentioned, you've been a teacher for almost a decade, about nine years, going on 10. Yes, ma'am. And you have that experience from various angles of being a teacher on how to smoothly conduct yourself, how to prepare, not only for the school year, but for teachers, but for the things that may arise concerning parents, how to handle administration, how to handle co-workers and co-teachers, how to plan, lesson plans, and everything else that that entails. So I'm so glad that everything is going smoothly and that any challenges that have come up, you've conquered them quickly and with wisdom and with patience so that you can get the year started off. What are some of the goals, John, that you have for your students, whether that be in school or with the youth group and even within your teacher sphere? What kind of goals have you set for yourself and for others? Well, that's an excellent question. It's always good to have something we're striving toward. Even as the Bible tells us every day, we need to strive towards a high calling that God has for us. And, you know, you and I talk a lot about ministry. I know this is more education focused, but every calling is a high calling. And a lot of people think, well, you know, if I'm not the one with the microphone, what difference can I make? But as an educator, I'm imparting into the lives of hundreds of kids every day, every year. I did the math last year, and I've had over a 1,000 students in my career in which I've had the unique authority because there's a special relationship, a special professional relationship between a student and a teacher. It's not quite a relative. It's not quite a parent. And, of course, we maintain boundaries, so we're not their friends. But it's a unique instruction, and it takes me back to Proverbs whenever, you know, uh, the writer of Proverbs is sharing the things that he's learned from his different teachers. And, of course, back then they say, like, my son, hear my words, my son, hear my wisdom. But it's interesting that teachers have access to students, especially in extracurriculars and coaching and sports, that parents don't have, that relatives don't have. It's a special gift, uh, a unique calling. And so for my goals, I would say to be the best teacher that I can be, continue to see academic growth in my students, continue to uh, push innovative programs on my campus and in my district. I'm actually teaching a new class this year, Business English. Uh, I like to call it Adulting 101 because we're (laughs) learning about the economy. We're learning personal financials, business financials. And I want to build those seniors. It's been about 10 years since I've taught seniors. And I want to build them into people who are going to be productive members of society. They're not going to fall prey to predatory business practices from, you know, loan sharks, credit card companies, and have that empowerment so that they can pursue their dreams. And our district has this thing that they're calling, you know, pursue your and. But that's basically what we want all of our students to do. When you graduate, have a plan for the future. So my plan for this year It's kind of a year of transition. You know, I'm looking forward to some different things next year, switching gears career-wise in the subjects and the classes that I teach, still at my high school. But this year, being able to empower other teachers to walk in their calling, to refine their skills, I'm always willing to help with cables and electronics, and that's one of my joys is just to make sure that something can work. Ever since, you know, I was a little kid snapping Legos together, does this work? Will this fit here? Can this accomplish this task? So now being a career professional and someone saying, my projector's acting up or my computer's being weird, and we just snap some things together, and voila, you're now empowered to uh, try something different in the classroom, involve your students with new technology, So my goal this year is just to help as many people as I can with the gifts that God's given me. Good. That's good to point out. So would you consider yourself part of the geek squad of your high school? I 
think that sometimes people confuse me for the IT guy. There's, I actually had somebody call me and they're like, are you the IT guy? I go, no, ma'am, this is his name and this is his email. But if he's not available, I maybe could swing by on my conference period. So teacher by day, side hustle, IT guy by afternoon? <laughs> Let's just say if teaching doesn't work out, I'm pretty sure I could go work in another field. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome, John. So as you have co-collaborated with your fellow teachers and administration and stuff in your local high school throughout the years, what can you say about that experience or what can you speak to to those that are listening that are teachers to encourage them? What kind of help can you offer them to remain encouraged, not to be bogged down by the stress and the long days, long nights, and long weekends and everything else that is enveloped in being a teacher? How can you encourage them? I think that's an excellent question. And the way that you can maintain your longevity and keep your momentum going, like we talked about potential and kinetic energy, you know, a lot of new teachers will come into the profession and they have these idealistic lenses and they're excited about all these opportunities. But then as they come across, I guess, to continue the scientific metaphor, friction in what they're doing, they lose that energy and then they run out of gas. So I would say the most important thing for people entering the profession and even veteran teachers like me is to reevaluate your boundaries at uh, pretty frequent intervals. Every year I take a step back and I say, okay, what are we going to do? What can I do? What am I able to do? And not just what am I able to do, but what is healthy for me to do? There was a few years back where a coworker and I, we were just talking and dreaming and vision casting. And she's like, man, wouldn't it be great to be a coach? And I thought about it, and I was even approached by members of the athletic staff, and they're like, hey, you know, you're great with kids, the students love you, how would you like to contribute in this area? And in the natural joy, I could have. I really enjoy spending time with my students, right? and I was really tempted, but I, you know, prayed about it, and I looked at what the commitment was, and the commitment wasn't just to the kids, and it wasn't just to the staff, it was also to traveling. It was also to practices. It was also to late nights and early mornings. And at that position in my career, I wasn't really ready to make that kind of sacrifice because I knew that if I overspent there, I would have to make up for that deficit, to use some business English vocabulary, from somewhere else. So I developed this idea, and I'm not unique in this area. It's just a revelation the Holy Spirit gave me, of an emotional budget. And so as I approach each year, I constantly reevaluate. And I evaluate that as well in relationships. Who do I know I am going to not necessarily get the best return on investment, but who's going to drain me? Maybe limit my interactions with those people. Don't talk to them every single day. Who is going to rejuvenate, replenish, and encourage me? Those are the people that I'll spend some more time with. And as we look at our career goals, what do I need to let go because the thing about education is it's a revolving door. Sometimes we think, well, if I don't do this program, there's not going to be anyone to do this program. Maybe not, but eventually there will be. This year, I made the choice. We were doing a lot of effort and a lot of maintenance last year trying to get back into the video game club. But because of COVID and different things, a lot of students weren't able to participate. And so this year, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to take that energy and spend it somewhere else. I'm going to help out one of my coworkers with student council. And so I'm reevaluating where I'm placing my energy, what responsibilities I can take on, and not just what can I take on, but what's healthy for me to take on. And the danger becomes in any system, in education, in the corporate marketplace, in ministry, 
people who are good at something, other people want you to be a part of their project. That's true. So one of the big things that we need to recognize is when and how to say no, because you never want to burn any bridges whenever you're building boundaries. You never want to say, oh, well, that's not important to me, so I'm not interested in it. What you need to say is, man, that sounds like a really great opportunity, and I really wish y'all the best in that venture, but at this time, I'm not available to participate. That's true, because you want to keep a balance in your life as an instructor, as a person, in regards to your personal life and your family life, and you want to be able to keep that energy and momentum stored up through your times of rest so that you can be as productive as possible with your coworkers in planning and as you instruct the students. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a revelation that, as you know, we've carried over from the ministry aspect. I love to joke with people and say, you know, teaching is my side hustle and it keeps me sharp for ministry. But in a realistic sense, that's how I feel the Lord is preparing me for the next season. Now, I don't feel like next year I'm going to cut and run, but when the time comes, I'll feel like I gave it my all. Like Paul says, I ran the race. But in ministry, our Pastor Rosie gave us this revelation a long time ago because she's a highly sought-after speaker, but doesn't necessarily travel as much as what we would consider, you know, the, the circuit, like they say, and the conferences and everything. And she gave us this revelation. I'll share it with your listening audience. I think they'll benefit. You don't always go where you're invited You only go where you're sent. That's right. And so there are so many opportunities in education, like I said, with coaching, with clubs, with committees, but we shouldn't burn out in that method. You know, it would be great for me to say, oh, I'm working with TEA and item review on the STAR test, and I'm I'm consulting for the college board, and my name's actually in the textbook that we use this year. That is so awesome. And I'm side note here, John, and you were even invited this summer for a huge position to step into that position for the school district at large beyond your high school because of the favor that God has put on you and your impact as a teacher to be a consultant in a sense and develop curriculum for other teachers across the district. But like you said, it's all about seasons, the Holy Ghost, and not necessarily where you've been invited, but where you're led to go. That's true. And in the natural, I've taught summer school every year. And it's, it's been good financially, and it's also been a little bit of a burden over the summer because we've talked in the past. I don't take summers off. I'm always busy. But this year, I didn't feel that release to teach summer school. And so I declined that opportunity, and then another opportunity came up that was at home, online, developing curriculum for the district. And so I felt peace about that. It's like, hey, I can do that and continue my ministry and continue my personal agenda. And then I was approached because of a job opening first of all, with a job opportunity. And I went ahead and turned that down because I prayed about it. And I said, this is a good opportunity, but not every good opportunity is a God opportunity. So I was even able to support and help my school district finish this project in a leadership position, but also with the understanding there will be someone to fill that position during the school year. Exactly. Because there was a lot of open doors for me this year with the Business English, with the media project, still teaching freshmen that I love I actually told that to one of the school counselors and she gave me a funny look and she's like, are you joking? I'm like, no, I love teaching the freshmen. It's a new season for them. It's a impartation. It's discipleship academically and socially, maybe not spiritually, but it is discipleship. So my encouragement to this excellent question that you asked to teachers new and old, consistently reevaluate your priorities. What are you budgeting your time for, your energy for? And don't be afraid to say no. Just do it politely in a way that lets people know I value you and what you're doing, but I also value 
myself and I have a limited amount of resources to help you. Just like we can't buy from every student in the school at every fundraiser because we have a budget, we can't join every committee and assist in every project because emotionally and physically we have a budget. That is so good, Jonathan. I'm so glad that we have you on today, blessing the listeners at large and more specifically those that are teachers in the education system, public or private alike, from kindergarten through high school. And then you even help prepare them because you're a high school teacher for beyond, whether that's the workforce or hopefully college, because we're advocates of education as educators in our own respects of how we help our students. Jonathan, or shall I say, as one of your students has called you in the past, Mr. Toes. Love it. (laughs) Mr. Toes. Oh my gosh. The first time I heard that, I just cracked up laughing like, what in the world? At least I still have the respect with the Mr. part. Yes, ma'am. So Mr. Toes, what would you say, practically speaking, to your teachers and fellow educators as to how they can realistically skills-wise, prep-wise, prepare themselves to keep that balance? Do you have any tips on how a morning should go, the day should go, the evening, the night, and even weekends? Well, it's going to look a little bit different for each preparation, or as we teachers call them, preps, because maybe if you teach English 1, we call that one prep, and English 2 is another prep. So I know that there are teachers who teach almost four or five preps, especially those who take on the coaching responsibility. I would definitely, and this is always just a a good, for anybody, private or public workplace, set aside your time in the morning to have your time with the Lord. Um, And if you're not religious, then you set aside your time to get your mind right and say, okay, this is what I have to accomplish today. A friend last year blessed me with a notepad and it has like to do today, to call, to email. And that really helps me because I am all over the place. And it's so easy for me, just kind of a high functioning, a lot of plates spinning on the, the straws as they used to do in the circus. And it's easier for me to get caught up in that fast-paced environment and that also will take a toll emotionally and physically because your adrenaline's pumping and your brain is racing so it is important every day to set aside some time for calm it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert you need to start the day allow the body to kind of get going allow the brain to get going and so that starts the night before I know that we all love to binge a good show. I recently got into the original Batman series starring Adam West and Burt Ward and the classic villains. But it is important to schedule rest. And I know that that seems kind of a foreign concept in our hustle society. And Oh, I've got a side gig and I'm working on all these things. But we have to be intentional about our rest because if you do not rest, you're not at your best. And that's one thing that I even told our youth class getting ready for school, respecting your body, respecting what it needs. It is so easy as a teacher to get dehydrated Yes, because you're going, going, going. And it's so easy to get the morning coffee. But I actually had this conversation with a coworker in the hallway this week. I said, you know, the first two cups are easy to remember. It's the the last five or six of water that it's hard to remember because you're going 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 and you know people are emailing you and kids have questions about homework and there's all these responsibilities you have to schedule your rest and you have to be intentional about hydrating yes we say that in christianity as selah pause regroup and keep going 
So that's my advice for uh, scheduling your day. And I can't really go into further depth because some people have practices after school. Some people have family commitments. I'm not yet married with children. So your day will look a little different. But as much as you can, start your day with a pause, a mindful rest. Make sure that you adequately hydrate and as much as possible, which, you know, obviously is not going to be easy for people, parents of newborns and different things like that. But make sure that you let your body rest overnight. Excellent tip. We all need that. Absolutely. So, Jonathan, as we come to a close, how can listeners, how can we support teachers this year, be it private, public, even youth pastors, but more so we're talking about public education field. How can we be a support to you? I think this is a really good question, and I want to go in depth into this answer. And I'll start off with a story, as I often do with my kids, you know, this teaching lessons. And I just learned from the greatest teacher ever. His name was Jesus, and he loved to tell stories. Amen. So a story that I gave my kids the other day, because they asked me about a teacher who was in the news for abusing their position of authority. And they asked me, they said, what do you think, Mr. Six? And because they asked me my opinion, then I can respond to a student's question because I'm not up there pontificating, proselytizing, pressuring my students to think the way that I do. But when they open that door, I'm just going to be honest with them because I value our professional relationship. Right. And so I told them, I said, let me tell you guys something. I hate that we have to talk about this. And I said, you know what I say whenever people talk to me in HEB or they stop me, you know, at the public library or at the gas station and they ask about the kids. I don't talk to them about the bad kids because I don't want the focus to be on the bad kids. So why is it that our national conversation is always geared towards the bad teachers? Why do we always focus on what is wrong with education, both public and private? And even now, I mean, as we're recording this episode, there was a segment on the national news about the great resignation and why so many teachers are walking away. Because, yes, there are systemic problems, but bad news makes for good news. And so they want to talk about all the bad things. And I appreciate, you know, the one moment in the spotlight we had as we carried the country through the COVID epidemic. But I want to encourage our listening audience to help steer the conversation. I want to do as much as I can to change the perception of public education, but I'm one person. Mm -hmm. And nobody likes the guy who brags on himself. You know, oh, 2016, I was state semifinalist for teacher of the year. They would much rather hear about, I want to tell them the story of the teacher who asks the student, hey, I notice you're having a tough time. Is there anything I can do? Do you want to talk to a counselor? Simple things like loaning a student a jacket because they spilled something or just, you know, having an extra granola bar because the kid's like, I didn't bring any lunch. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Or just listening when a kid's having a hard time with a friend. Well, what do you think I should do? You know, this friend did this and, and we're on the same sports team. And, and what do I do? And so we don't, you know, we're not life coaches, but we are trusted adults who are available to help instill values into the children of this country. And there just seems to be an easy target on the back of teachers everywhere. When something goes wrong, what do they say? Well, they're learning in those schools and all these different things. Me personally, I know that we don't take a very strong political stance on necessarily the podcast. But I take issue with people who say, you know, public school is the problem and they're indoctrinating children 
I mean, I personally am a licensed and ordained minister. Right. There's Christians among the greater teacher community. Right. And the way that we teach is to involve the students, to reach into their culture and illuminate concepts and educational aspects in that way. So I get, you know, upset whenever people come after teachers in that way because it's steering the conversation the wrong way. So the number one way, obviously, I would encourage believers to pray uplift teachers that the Lord would strengthen us and encourage us and the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us and give us discernment. But for everyone, even the non-religious, I would say, please help us steer the conversation. Please, whenever someone brings up a bad teacher from outside your community, remind them of all the good that is going on in your backyard. Remind them of the great teachers that you've had. Remind them of the opportunities they made you aware of. That's my goal with these seniors. I didn't have many of them as freshmen, but I get them now and say, hey, in seven months, you are on your own. Here are some steps that you can take in order to get off to a great start. And so whenever it comes to the things that we're dealing with, yes, there is an issue with violence in this country. Yes, there is an issue with morality. And yes, there are some cultural things that we will need to navigate But when it comes to the teachers, remember that it's easy to attack the system, but the system is made up of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people just like me. So help us steer the conversation and celebrate the good things that are going on in education. That is so good, John. Thank you for that. So primarily doing what Jonathan said and also secondarily through prayer for those of us that believe in the power of prayer, prayer, lifting them up, praying for God's protection in the midst of sometimes chaotic situations that occur on school districts, praying for the blood of Jesus to be on y'all, the angels of God, you know, to be there for your steps to be ordered of the Lord, for strength in your mind, in your physical body, in your relationships with parents, students, and teachers alike, and so much more. I would even say too, John, to invest into teachers. Ask them if they need extra school supplies or extra things to help with their classroom. I know one thing that's popular on Amazon is like having a list or a wish yes, list, a registry. Yes, clear the list. Yes, something like that to give to teachers what they have need of, tools and different things to help equip them. I know our aunt Janie is very very good at that, always saying, Jonathan, how can I help you? And she's sewn into your life that way. So um, another thing I would say is just to give that encouraging word, whether it's through a card, a gift card. Sometimes you get teacher appreciation gifts or even just sporadic events that surprise a teacher or even just give them a hug. Just say two simple words that have so much weight and value to a teacher. And that would be thank you. So, Jonathan, as we close, thank you for being a valuable part of educating students throughout their time in high school at your school district and at large, even through the youth. I know your life makes a difference, and we know that it's all for God's glory, but we applaud you and we say thank you. Well, thank you, Joy, for the opportunity. And I always like to give a shout out to the people who had an input into my life whenever people, you know, invite me into conversations like these. I am a product of public school, and so I want to thank all of my teachers from grade school all the way through the education I got at Texas State, but also the people who gave extra time for extracurriculars, my ready writing coach, tennis coach, UIL coaches of all kinds, and one-act play, and the people who sowed that extra time so that I could develop these gifts. And so I want to encourage people, those of you who are 
carrying around the bag of papers that need to be graded and it's been a week or you're scrambling the morning of to make the quiz you're about to give your kids in class. I see you and your efforts are not in vain. There are generations of people who will remember the sacrifices that you made so that they could develop the gifts that God placed inside of their lives. So thank you all educators. That's right. Every teacher out there, you truly make a difference. You may not feel like it some days. You may not see the fruit of your labor some days. Sometimes there's stress. I've witnessed those late, late nights, those early mornings and that weekend sacrifice and devotion. But you truly do make a difference. The world would not continue to revolve without educators. You make a difference and you produce such great students and we're thankful to you. God bless you all. So if you want to get in contact specifically with Jonathan and maybe reach out to him and encourage him even or see if he needs some school supplies um, to help him this year with his time in school. Jonathan, how can they reach you or get a hold of you? Okay, yeah, that's a, a great way to segue into kind of some contact info. I've recently started a podcast called Six Minute Sessions. Which is amazing, by the way. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I look at life through two perspectives, from the lens of a minister and from the lens of a teacher. And there are some great episodes on there, a teacher's thoughts about summer break, a teacher's thoughts about technology, a lot of different things. And I'll continue to post those things on my website, www dot the letter j the number six and the letters t o e s j six toe.com and if you want to reach out to me personally that's also my email address and my handle on all social media at j six toes or you can email me j six toes at gmail.com wow another supernatural download into our natural world to not only say how can i help you as a teacher but also just to encourage the teachers out there that you're not alone you are making a difference, and some of your best teaching experiences and days, they are still in front of you. So, Jonathan, thank you again for all you do for our kids, our young people, for investing into them and investing into the next generation. On behalf of me and my family, we love you. And, of course, we're biased. We think you're the best teacher out there. But that's because, obviously, you're our brother, mom and dad's son. But we love you. Thank you very much. As we go ahead and wind down the episode, please close us with prayer. Is this the exit ticket of our lesson? This is exit. Lights, cameras, action, and the clapper is now done with your business English class. The students that are going to be doing that awesome, awesome video type production. We didn't talk about that. Maybe yeah. that'll be another episode. But anyway, the clapper is closed. And yes. All right. Please. No quiz for your listeners no. today. But this will be our <laughs> Exit ticket, if Exit you will. Exit ticket. Please pray over the teachers out there. I'd love to. Father God, thank you so much for the people that you have placed. We know the Bible says that you have placed people in authority. We know that not everybody in authority is doing a good job, but we know that it is of you, and we pray that you would move on their hearts. Lord, I first of all pray for strength for our teachers, our educators, the support staff, everybody who is involved in creating a safe environment, a welcoming and warm environment for our students, the next generation. Just as Jesus wanted to make a safe environment and he admonished his disciples and said, suffer the little children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven. God, each and every day, whether it's the decorations that we hang in our classroom, the lights, the music, the 
snacks that we have for emergencies, the band-aids, the hair ties, whatever it is that we do to make our classrooms more inviting. God, strengthen our bodies, strengthen our hearts. We know that teaching is an honorable profession, but it's a tough one. It is emotionally draining to sow into the lives of hundreds of students every single day, plus those of us with extracurricular responsibilities, family responsibilities, ministry responsibilities. Lord, even Jesus, the greatest teacher of all time, would spend time away to rest and to recharge with his core group, even as people wanted to schedule him for speaking engagements, and what's your take on this law, and what's your take on, on this stance, and what do you have to say about all the problems in our world today? Lord, guard our hearts and guard our minds, and help us to guard our mouths, that we don't have to be a commentator on everything that goes wrong in education. We don't have to dwell on every systemic problem, every student that gave us a hard time, but that we will remember why we answered the call. Just as people used to call Jesus rabbi, teacher, I thank you, God, that you would strengthen and guard our teachers. Father, I pray supernatural protection over everyone listening to this episode, sharing it with their friends, their fellow educators, that we would have a peace, knowing that the world we live in is fallen. There are problems, there are dangers, but that we would rest in your presence, knowing that whatever happens, you are with us, you are beside us, you are watching over us in Jesus' name. And I also want to pray over the parents who are partnering with teachers and uplifting them and entrusting their children to us for that small amount of time that we would be just like the parable of the people with the talents that we would sow into those lives that they would reap a harvest even doubling the efforts the parents sending them to us expecting academic progress but that we would also double those efforts and give them social progress and help them be respectful and help them to be kind and help them to be cognizant of the world around them to be people who can operate in a diverse and evolving landscape God, I pray that this school year would be the best one yet as we continue to recover from a global pandemic, as we continue to look forward with anticipation, that potential that we see in this year, that we would put it into action, that kinetic energy, that momentum in Jesus' name. Father, I pray we know that not every day is going to be the best day ever. Sustain us through the bad days and help us to remember and even write down and record the good days so that we can look back and see your faithfulness throughout this school year. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So again, for more information on Jonathan, visit j6toes.com. And for more information on Unspeakable Joy podcast and what the Lord has me doing through this ministry and other formats of ministry, you can visit unspeakable-joy.com. You can hear other podcast episodes, video Bible studies, and more. Thank you again for tuning in. Remember, listen and share. Until next time, God bless you. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.